You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor, expert in hormones, fertility, natural medicine, and I'm excited for this episode. I'm here at the office seeing patients today and I'm just doing a couple podcast recordings before I jump into my day with patients. And I just turned 41 yesterday. It was my birthday. Happy birthday to me. I'm claiming the whole month of January for my birthday, (laughs) but I had a great weekend, got to spend it with the people I love and just felt very loved and celebrated. So thank you for any of you who reached out and said, happy birthday. I appreciate it. So let's jump into the show. I want to give some love to our show sponsor, Paleo Valley. I am loving them so much with my favorite product that they have. That's for kids. I know this episode is really focused on the kids, the babies. I absolutely love their organic super greens powder. So if you are like me and you're having a hard time having your kid eat some vegetables, I swear Zion was adventurous with eating. And then one day a switch flipped and then he didn't want to eat vegetables anymore. I think maybe one day he probably just had pizza and it just, it was a game changer and nothing was the same after that. But anyway, he loves these. He loves the organic super greens powder. I have it in a container. He can't even tell that it's green and he just drinks it down and loves it. And it just makes me really happy because I'm getting some greens in him and I'm not stressed about it. So what is in this powder, there are 23 organic superfoods in this blend And some of them, I will list some of them, not all of them, too many to spend the time, but kale, broccoli, spirulina, spinach, kale sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, collard greens. It is a dense veggie blend and it doesn't taste like it. That's what I really love about it. So there are vegetables in it or fruits in it as well. So strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, beets, it tastes more so like that kind of flavor. And it just tastes really good. There's no sugar. It's sweetened with monk fruit, organic monk fruit, which has antioxidants. Awesome, awesome stuff. So my listeners get a 15% discount. So if you want to get this, you go over to paleovalley.com and then just enter Dr. Lowe at checkout, D-R-L-O, and you will get your discount. They also have a ton of other wonderful products. So take a look at them, support companies that are doing it right, that are caring about their customers, making really great products. And that includes Paleo Valley. All right, let's um, jump into the show. I am excited to talk about this topic and I hope you enjoy. So one thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned, so my guest, Janie Riley, she has a couple pretty exciting things I wanted to mention before I bring her on the episode. So her business, they actually offer coaching to clients regarding sleep. So they offer free 15 minute consultations, anything regarding sleep. If it's one of you listening, you're having issues with your baby or with your toddler, you can talk about it with that. Or maybe you as a mama, you're having a hard time balancing that and and balancing your sleep with your baby. They can help with those kinds of issues. So definitely take advantage of that. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is they also hire sleep consultants. So if you are listening and let's say you're a mama who's about to be going back to work and you don't want to go back into the corporate field, you want to work from home and work as a certified sleep consultant, 
consider reaching out to, to these guys as well. So check them out over at wesleep.com. It's W E E sleep.com. And you can learn more about that. All right, let's jump into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Really looking forward to this specific episode. As I was telling my guest off air, this is something as a topic that will really apply to me with my son. He's two and a half and we're dealing with good sleep right now, but about to have a transition. So I'm really excited to have the expert to ask some questions too. So you have Janie Riley. She is the CEO and founder of We Sleep. She's a successful female entrepreneur and single mother. She's an ex-infant and toddler sleep consultant who works with families around the globe and coaches a team of over 50 certified sleep consultants to do the same. With 12 different programs for sleep-deprived families, her approach covers children from three months all the way up to school age, so 10 years old. So really amazing, lots of different talking points on this topic we can get into. So we'll just dive right in. So Janie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's so great to have you. So why the heck is this a topic you're into? Why is it a topic I'm into? Well, yeah, yeah. Do you have your personal story having an issue in this area or? Uh, actually, it's interesting because I started this business because my son didn't sleep. Mm. And yeah, he was just four months old. And I basically thought I'd have a beautiful sleeper. I had everything planned pre having him type A personality and thought, you know what, he's going to sleep at this time. He's going to eat at this time and nap here. It's going to be great. And long story short, it was none of that. And it turned my life upside down. And that was 11 years ago. And we hired a sleep consultant at the time. And like literally within three days, my little guy was sleeping through the night. I had rest, like it was a game changer. Mm. So it's kind of how we sleep came to be. Yeah changed your life. So we can get into more of what were some of the things you did that changed that. That would be great. So I love this. So what's your son's name? His name's Chase. Chase. How old is he now? 11. 11. Okay. Do you have other kids? No, just him. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So my son Zion is two and a half and um, opposite. I was really lucky. He slept really well, but I did um, a sleep course, learned because I had never been around kids ever. I didn't know how to change a diaper when I got pregnant. So I had a lot to learn. So learned a lot about just, just different ways to help with getting routine going, helping them with falling asleep, staying asleep or helping him should say, but now going into a whole different transition where at some point in the near future, we're going to have to go from a crib to a toddler bed. So I'm a little nervous about that transition. Uh, don't <laughs> but, do it till um, he's at least three. Okay, perfect. Great. We have time. He doesn't turn three until May. (laughs) Yeah, just wait. And if he's still comfortable in a crib at three, leave him in there. If he's sleeping well in the crib, don't change it. Okay. All right. All right. Let's dive into this. So what are some things that parents maybe, I don't want to say do wrong, but do that make this more difficult on them with sleep for their baby or their toddler? What are some like common mistakes? Yeah, really the thing that I think is hard for many parents that kind of cause issues is just not knowing what scheduling they should be on 
or instilling those routines. And a lot of parents just aren't aware of what proper awake time should be or how often their child should be sleeping or what a schedule looks like by various ages. And Mm -hmm. I I find that kind of throws things off, not to mention when they're trying to get them to sleep and then they're feeding them to sleep and then they're rocking them to sleep and it works for two weeks and then it doesn't work. So they try something else. And so introducing all these sleep props and they don't know what works or doesn't work and it might work short term, but then it stops working. And so I think that's more of a mistake where parents think, you know, that their scheduling is correct. Or a lot of parents think that their child doesn't need to sleep a lot because Mm -hmm. if their child doesn't sleep, some people say, Oh, my, my child's not a good napper. My child's never slept. Well, every child needs sleep and children need their nap. There's a reason for that. Yeah. 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 How does that affect the child when they're not getting consistent sleep with the routine? On so many levels, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of, first of all, behavior, a tired baby or toddler or child is cranky, more apt to have those meltdowns and more often and be more restless, not necessarily eat the proper amount of food or choosing carbs and sugar or like those heavier, like more kind of just not the healthiest foods when they're tired and they're older, Mm -hmm. concentration in school or daycare. Like there's just so many things, mental health when they're older. There's a lot. A child is rested. They're not going to be freaking out as much. Yes, the the temper tantrums come in those early years and that's normal. There's less of them and there's, it's just easier dealing with a rested Mm -hmm. baby or toddler. Yeah. And these kids are healthier. They're not going to get sick as often. Exactly. So which will mean a healthier family. Cause I know a lot of these kids are just Petri dishes. They just get the whole family sick. So healthier family. Yeah. Yeah. And gosh, at the end of the day, when a child is sleeping, the parents are sleeping and hopefully making their sleep a priority and mom's in a better place. Dad's in a better place. Like the whole dynamic of the home can change when everyone's rested. We're not impatient and the mom or dad are eating properly or better and taking care of themselves better, which that puts them in a better space to be like the best parent they can be too. Yeah. Yeah. It all just works better. So let's talk about this. How can a parent start to bring some structure in with their child's sleep routine? And, and, and also how might that look for a baby sleep schedule versus maybe in my situation, like in a toddler sleep schedule. So in terms of routine and what people, yeah, yeah. How to structure that, what, what that should look like. They just don't know where to start. Like how, what time should my kid go to bed and wake up and nap times and that kind of thing. Yeah. And it varies by age really. And it's something that we see a lot. Parents are putting their babies to sleep too late. So Mm -hmm. like typically from four months onward to even two, three years old, like bedtime should sit six, six 30. And a lot of people think that bedtime should be seven 30 or eight. And that's not enough. Really children should be having kind of 11, 12, 13 hours of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, especially babies, 11, 12 hours, like definitely over a kind of five, six month mark sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as you know, children get older, they can have a little bit of a later bedtime, but basically like a seven o'clock bedtime would be the latest. And that would start around the three year ish mark and continue on for a couple of years. So for like my son and a two and a half year old, he should be in bed by seven at the latest. Yeah. Wow. Seven thirty, depending on how long he sleeps, but probably seven. Yeah. But Definitely. he would probably wake up a, a lot earlier than he does now. And I don't know if I'd like that. Well, he should be <laughs> seven to seven. So yeah. is he, what time does he? He usually wakes up like around eight 30. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he would. He does about eight 30 to eight 30. He gets a good solid 12, 
13 hours usually. Well, that's good. And that's great. But he's, he has little tantrums. He's a little stinker. So changing things up may, may improve that. He still naps probably for one to two hours. That's good. Yeah. You know? And that's perfect. And just, and that's great. That he's but his sleeping. behavior could be way better. So I'm just saying, is he getting up in the middle of the night No, or is he sleeping through? Right. I know. Cause I put a sound machine on in his room and it's, I just try to just, I think he's, he's fine. Oh, he, oh no, he's <laughs> totally fine. I'm just thinking too. But then when he goes to school, which I know is like a couple of years off, but he's that's doing be preschool. Right? Yeah. A couple, couple mornings a week. Yeah. But Hey, sounds like you have a great sleeper quite often in early bedtimes is better. And you know, for I agree. The, for yeah. I need to work stuff. towards that for sure. But it was so great. I mean, Zion, he's a big boy. I think that helps. I don't know if yeah. you see that with the size of a child, if that yes. makes a difference. Yeah, it does. When they're eating and they're like really, yeah, there's different levels of healthy children. But yeah, typically when they're heavier and growing quickly, but really on point with where they should be and more kind of thing, then yeah, typically, but it just depends. And the day, I think if parents just know that their child should be sleeping 11, 12 hours for sure. Mm-hmm. And I like to also say, especially in the newborn kind of stages up to four months to look at the day. And a lot of parents get this, but we're not get it, but just don't follow it. Cause they don't know it, but it's super simple, but 12 hours a day and 12 hours of night. Mm-hmm. So if your baby's up at eight bedtime for a newborn should fall around eight. Yeah. And then, so 12 <laughs> hours a day, 12 hours a night, because sometimes parents will go, oh, gosh, we, I don't know what time, like, what time do I make bedtime? Cause they're trying to figure out. And I always just say, it's a really easy way. If your little one was at seven, then you're going to be aiming for around a seven o'clock bedtime. And right. I always go for the early bedtime over a late nap because it will mm-hmm. always play out better. Yeah, exactly. And I think using the sun and the moon and the light and darkness yeah. as a general guide can be helpful too in the wintertime, getting even more sleep, unless you live in a real high or low altitude or what is it? Latitude. Latitude. Longitude. Yeah. <laughs> then that totally w- wouldn't work. But so I know that you are a fan of waking a sleeping child in cases, right? So what are some of the reasons for that? Oh, I'm not a huge fan of waking a child. You oh, know, I always, no, I'm not. But there are times where okay. should wake a child. Like, obviously it's not something I recommend, but there are certain cases that may call for a wake mm-hmm. and obviously waking for safety. If the babe is sleeping in some sort of unsafe way, obviously right. it's huge. Or if a child is sleeping too long during the day for naps, usually it's the opposite. Right. Parents are usually like, my baby won't nap, but if they were napping too long and sometimes we have to cut them a little bit to get to a proper schedule because too much daytime sleep can lead to messy nights. So it can be broken up. So it's really kind of mastering what that ideal schedule is. And also too, sometimes in the early days, a newborn might have their days and nights mixed up a bit. So that would be a time where, you know, to ensure that you're sorting out the day and night confusion and right. you know, to avoid it, you have to reset the baby's internal clock, which is yeah, helping with night or getting outside in the sunlight using that. Yeah. And limiting single naps to two hours just to reset the clock. There's little tricks. And then another time I'd say a child would be in a case where if there was a toddler that has a schedule that's being thrown off by maybe some longer wakes in the middle of the night, maybe avoid letting that child sleep in the morning late because mm-hmm even if it just happens here or there, like the child and the child might sleep, but 
if it's happening regularly and night after night, and this is a habit, then that's when you'd have to revisit your scheduling. And because long night wakes are typically caused by scheduling issues. If you were to have a child up for two hours in the middle of the night and then let them sleep in, it would only make the problem worse. Yeah. You might just have to have a little bit of a deficit at that point to get that circadian rhythm back on track. Exactly. Exactly. Those are Sometimes where you'd have to wake a sleeping baby, but it's not often. Usually I'm like, if let the baby sleep. Yeah. So my podcast, my main audience, I would say would be women who want to learn about ways to improve their hormones, their general health and all that. So let's talk mm-hmm. about the mamas who mm-hmm. have babies that are needing sleep and So ways that we as moms can help with just staying healthy for ourselves, sleep, exercise, how can we prioritize that for ourselves, being intimate with our partners, but also having a baby that's getting rested as well and healthy. Yeah. And that's, I think, so key, right? There's so many things involved in everything that you just said that are so key to a really good family unit and and happiness within the house. And, you know, uh, what happens a lot of times is I think that the mom will start getting sleep or get their baby starts sleeping, but then mom doesn't change any of her ways. Okay. Not making time. I, I find that a lot of moms are just like, Oh, I have no, no time for that. I'm a mom. I have no time for that. I'm a mom. Nope. Too busy. Haven't showered. Oh, I have, I've lived in my sweats. I'm a mom. And there's a lot of talk around that at times. And people actually wear it like a badge of honor. I feel being a mom means letting yourself go or not being selfish about your time. And I really think it's not being selfish when we're taking care of ourselves to be the best parent we can be Yeah. and making that time. So if your baby is sleeping and then having that bath, reading that book, watching that show uh, that you never finished watching in a space that makes you feel happy, doing something for you, painting your nails, just doing something for you and making the time and making a priority of yourself, I think is super huge. And that in turn means also having that time with your husband, if you have a partner. And so if a child's now going to sleep at seven o'clock at night, and now sleeping for the whole night, when the child might not have been sleeping before, all of a sudden you've gained this time and everyone's rested. So make that time to have dinner with your partner, if you have one, and just take care of yourself. If you've had, if you go to bed at 10 o'clock at night, and your baby's sleeping all night, and doesn't get up till seven and you're up at six, get a workout in, go for a walk, do a routine workout for 20 minutes, just something. And I think that really it's so important for us and our well being too. Mm-hmm. like I said, be the best parent we can be and be like, just focused and our memories are better. We feel better about ourselves. We're more apt to want to put on some makeup and a pair of jeans when we know we're feeling good. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to get into a slump, I think. I tell my patients, my mamas, if they have a hard time prioritizing it for themselves, it just doesn't seem important enough for whatever reason. I just say, okay, what would you want your child to do once they're older, once they're at your age, how would you want them to be doing things right now? So just what would you want to do to model that for them? Make it whatever you got to do to have that. Why that's motivating enough. Yeah. Find, Find that for yourself. Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. And that makes sense. And sometimes you have to flip it that way. Because like I said, a lot of us don't take the time for us. And we don't realize how important that time is or how special that time was for us before having a baby, for example. And then all of a sudden, I've heard my girlfriends say, Oh, I used to work out. Oh, I used to do every day. Now I could never I never have time. Well, I call BS. Yeah, (laughs) always make time, you know, it's kind of 
You just have to let go of the perfectionism. You have to realize that your pre-baby life is going to be different now than your post-baby life. And I love doing home Pilates. I, I love a program that I do and it's sometimes it's five minutes, but it just helps. It helps so much. It's really key. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It doesn't take a lot, even just sitting down and taking some deep breaths in the coziest chair in your comfiest robe for five minutes. Yeah. Like one temptation that I have battled with and all my, a lot of my patients, I'm sure you, cause you're human probably too, just combating the screen, mm-hmm. you know, the, just the draw to the screen. And, and it's very tempting. Once your kid goes to bed, you're like, Oh, I have all this time. Okay, cool. And I can look at social media. I can catch mm-hmm. up on my Netflix shows or whatever. And yeah, unfortunately it, it ends up really getting in the way of us actually resting. And so that we end up not recharging our batteries. Yeah. And you're so dead on. And I've caught myself in that habit many times where I'm like, oh my God, I've been scrolling Instagram for 45 minutes. Why? Or two right. hours. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I shouldn't care about what that girl is wearing. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Oh, another shampoo. Ooh, what's that shampoo about? Then I'm like, then I'm shopping online. And yeah. Like, we become this? these zombies. These apps, they engineer these apps to become so addicting just Ugh. in a way, even the way you get notifications, they purposely do a delay. If you post a picture, they do a delay before you actually yes. see that someone likes it. So you're like waiting on the edge of your seat to see how liked yeah. you are. You know, It's, it's brutal. Like, it's such a time suck. So how do, we, how do we deal with that? For myself, I try, and I'm not in the routine right now, but keeping my phone actually away from the bed, either out of the room or on the other, other side of the room and mm-hmm. just having a normal alarm clock next to me. Yeah. Um, that's the, like, just having a rule. I don't scroll on my phone in bed at all. Yeah. Like I have to stand up and do it. So that doesn't always work though. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And that's good. Cause like you're aware and that's like kind of step one. And I always just, I do the same. Like I charge my phone kind of in my ensuite bath and it's once it's there and I'm tucked into bed, I'm not like looking at it till the morning. And mm-hmm. even during the day, like I have all notifications off. I don't want to see any yeah, pop-ups I do too. or anything. I don't even want to hear a new co- mail coming in. I don't like, Oh yeah, no, um, you I know, can't stand it when people have that. I'm like, how do you get anything done? I know. Da-ding, da-ding, da-ding. I'm uh-huh. like, no thanks. And or the know, Apple so- watch too all day. Oh. oh yeah. No. And everybody keeps saying you should get an Apple watch. I'm like, I'm good with my Fitbit. I don't I want another device Yeah. Like, yep. reminding me or showing me something or scooping up my time or pulling it into different directions. Cause it is a total time suck. And it's not if anything, it's so super unhealthy for us, especially given what's on social media these days. And well, I think it's, we do get caught up and, oh gosh, yeah. okay. Like I should be eating like that. Oh, that person looks like that. Oh gosh, I would. And before we know it, we're maybe feeling shitty about ourselves or sorry totally. about my language or, or just <laughs> real. All, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you just, and then you're not feeling so great or whatever. I don't know. I, I really go- think media, social media technology is just one of those things. It's such a huge risk of it being negative for our lives that and it's the physical negative negativity of it where in the, the evening part you're getting that yeah. that blue light emission so our brain mm-hmm. thinks it's daytime so there's the, the like physiological part but like going into what you're saying is like the mental emotional part the just comparing ourselves to what we think the perfect woman should be doing and yeah just really setting those boundaries is so important I think as moms right. especially of, of babies because we're still just bouncing back after having a kid and like figuring out how to deal, especially new parents, how to deal with this balance of being a mom and 
still being an individual. And like you said, like the device, the blue light, all that stuff. And that's enough on its own. And then now your head's going to yeah. be, the wheels are going to be spinning, or you're going to have new ideas or whatever, or things are going to be bugging you, whatever you've scrolled or not. It might make you happy. It might make you sad or whatever it mm-hmm. is. It's still not helping you be present, but just enjoying you in the space that you're in. Yes, exactly. So reminded to all you mamas and to myself to really yeah. prioritize that. So Let's talk about a little more with some sleep tips. One of the tips that I swear by that helped my son, if I've found that he just wasn't relaxing to take a nap or wasn't winding down to go to sleep, I would give him a spoon of organic grass-fed butter (laughs) and it would just relax him and he would sleep. He would probably sleep an extra hour or two per night. If I did that, it was amazing. I wouldn't, I didn't do it until he was eating solids, but it it was salted or it was organic. And it was, Mm -hmm. so the way I saw it was helping was providing some fats to help with his brain chemistry. Yeah. It was helping with his blood sugar balance, but yeah. I, I put it on social media and it just exploded. A friend of mine shared it on hers and it's, it just took off and par- moms were like, Oh my gosh, my, my child's finally sleeping. So it's pretty That's cool. But awesome. yeah, if you have any tips too, I would love to hear them. Yeah. And in terms of snacks or whatever, I think. Snacks, yeah. Just any, anything like, yeah. Diet wise, snack wise. Well, so first of all, like I love the snack idea in nut butter on whole grain toaster crackers is always right a good one Mm -hmm. and apple slice of cheese plain yogurt no sugar just no yeah banana with peanut butter so again the fat carb goodness warm glass of milk with whole grain toast honey until like stuff like that is really Mm -hmm. great and one of the biggest things that is really pretty simple and it's so powerful and important for babies toddlers school-age children is having that bedtime routine like a bath every night, a story, depending on age or whatever, story, song, that whole wind down, the dark room, the cool space, putting the noise machine on if you're using one, just getting prepped for sleep. And it only needs to be a half hour. A lot of parents will like extend it to be an hour and then they'll go and watch a show and then they'll come back and say good nights to everyone and go back and forth. It's just be short and sweet, half yeah. hour. And yeah. really get in that zone of, ah, it's wind down time. And then it's, a really good kickoff to like that signals that the big long sleep is coming up. They're prepared. Toddlers don't like being caught off guard. As you know, they want to know what's happening. They don't like surprises, making things consistent. And that bedtime routine is like gold. Mm-hmm. What's a good dinner time. If your child's going to go to bed, like at seven or seven 30, probably five 30, six o'clock, six o'clock dinner. And yeah, sometimes there's still time for a snack. Sometimes they want something else after dinner, but typically not. Or the baby would obviously feed again before bed. Yeah. So, and do you just think just doing dinner and then not eating after dinner, unless there are some sleep issues and then considering bringing in some snacks. Typically a toddler will eat enough and probably have a snack. Most toddlers will have another snack prior to their bedtime routine. Mm-hmm. Typically the way it falls, babies will eat and then have another feed within their three hour awake time, for example. And we always look at food when we're working with clients, obviously nutrition is huge and key and we want to make sure the child's always eating enough. And then, but for the toddler years as well, like we want to see what they're eating and, and, you know, how much they're eating at dinner. And obviously we're not nutritionists, but if, they're not eating properly or they're getting, you know, too much sugar before bed. Cause we always ask our clients, what are they eating? And then sometimes, like I said, we're not nutritionists, so we can't be giving that, but we'll just say, you know, have you thought of maybe introducing one of these 
different snacks because we want them to have a little more sustenance, something that's going to sustain them longer too and help them sleep. Yeah. The toddlers having dinner like at 536 and they go to bed like at 7, 730. Probably don't need a, a snack, I would think. No, they might want maybe to- just something at 645, maybe something. just okay. some cheese. And I know my little guy loved like, he loved peanut butter and banana or just a couple of pieces of cheese. And mm-hmm. That was, or cappuccinos, which I called them, which was basically <laughs> just um, warm milk with cinnamon yeah. and just a little something. And Cute. yeah, gosh, my son eats so slowly. He would still be eating it. If he started dinner at six, he'd still be eating at 645. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's crazy. I know well, they are uh, little slow eaters, but yeah, um, that's true. yeah, it's yeah. And that's so your guy might just be like, I'm good, but yeah. Um, so, so do you have any tips for transitioning from and this? I'm asking for a friend, just kidding. All for me <laughs> <laughs> going from a crib to a toddler bed. And yes. you said waiting until like after three, but mm-hmm. any other tips? Yeah. So basically, yeah, again, like waiting until after three. And I just want to explain why that's important because toddlers will understand consequence better at that age. They'll comprehend more. So if there are issues and the child is getting out of bed, they will understand you saying you shouldn't be getting out of bed and go back to bed. And then if there had to be a reward system or anything like that, they would comprehend it because they don't comprehend it earlier. Everyone will tell me that their kid's a genius and understands that at two years, but they don't. That's real. So (laughs) it's true. Everyone's like, oh, at 18 months, so many people are like, oh yeah, no, he's so smart. He totally understands. I'm like, okay, you try it and let me know what happens. (laughs) It's funny. So that's, first of all, I just want to be clear on the reason. And if he's comfortable in his bed or if a child's comfortable in the crib, the way it is, don't disrupt it. Yeah. Okay. There's no rush to get into a toddler bed, I guess is my kind of what I'm trying to say here. And, okay. and then cool. when that transition starts to happen, then make it really play fun, make it super interactive, go pick out new bedding, pick out the new bed. If you're getting a bed and, and not using a good idea, a convertible, but maybe like new bedding. I think that's, that's a really good idea. Yeah. New yeah, bedding, a new nightlight, just making it and buying these little things together and let's set up your space. Oh, this is so exciting. And you make them part of it. Kids mm-hmm. love to be a part of stuff they want to be involved so instead of going oh ta-da here's your new beautiful room and making them a part of it and just being patient and and know that you might start the transition and you might have to put the rail back up and might not be ready for it and you'll find that out pretty quickly and the rail can go back up no problem yeah so just making them a part of it is a really good thing and then yeah helping them understand if for instance they are getting out there's things that you can do and just creating that really safe space that they're comfy and the, most kids are super, super excited yeah. and are just like happy. My girlfriend told me a story once, which I thought was hilarious. Like he had been like, she transitioned her son into a toddler bed. And I was like, does he ever get out? And she's like, no, I don't think he knows he can get out. <laughs> <laughs> he literally hasn't like, I have to still go get him in the morning. To, and I'm like, but he can like walk and talk. And she's like, I know. She said, he's like, <laughs> He doesn't move from the bed. I'm like, that's amazing. That's so funny. (laughs) Like he hasn't figured out that he can get up and open the door and cruise, but he can do it all over the house any other time on my bed, (laughs) off my bed, but he doesn't leave his. I'm like, that's a dream. I have a feeling I'll have a hard time keeping my son in the bed, but we'll see. (laughs) Well, I'll help you when the time comes. You can just shoot me an email. Yep, I will. I'll be circling back for sure. I think you have to hop off. Do you have any parting words, anything else you want to leave with us? I think all of this is very helpful and 
very useful. I know for, for myself, for sure. Yeah, no, you know what? The only like thing I always like to just mention is like for moms is not to be so hard on ourselves yes. and just know nothing has to be perfect. There is no perfection. Don't get sucked into thinking that you have to be this perfect mom and doing all these things. We are human. We have our moments and that is normal and it's all okay. We're very hard on ourselves. And I, I was the same. I still am the same. And we just have to think, you know what? We're blessed. We have beautiful children and we're fortunate and this is life and there's no perfection and there's going to be great days and there's going to be crappy days. And that is all okay. It does not make us a bad mom. Yep, exactly. And don't be hard on yourself for being hard on yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's this layered effect, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Just yeah. let it go. Let it go. Easier yeah. said than done. But yes. I really appreciate you coming on the show, spending time with us and sharing your expertise. Thank you so much. And yeah, yeah. Have a great rest of your day and we will talk soon. Thank you so much. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.